Blog Talk Radio. here on January 31st, 2018. You know, Sister Allison Cruz tells me she doesn't like this music as much as the one I had before. That was good, but this wakes me up, and I've got to be up for you, my audience, on this show. But first of all, before we get to the guest, i got to tell you something. Uh, I read this week uh, in a magazine called Quillette, Q-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. It's online. And it's run by a woman named Claire Lehman. I'm not going to spell her name. But I want to tell you that she's got a theory about why there's more men than women in tech. You know, it's a big issue. People are talking about it every day. She relies heavily for her ideas on a guy named Simon Baron Cohn. He's a scientist over in England. He's also the uncle of Ali G. I don't know if people remember Ali G anymore. That's Sasha Baron Cohn. Anyway, this guy Simon says that in the womb, I don't want this to be too heavy for you, but it's not. Just listen. In the womb, boys produce twice as much testosterone as girls, right? And listen to this. Autistic boys produce even more than the average boy. And this testosterone affects the development of the brain. In autistic people, it causes them to have uh, their language skills are delayed, right? And they have, they don't like eye contact, and they have a very high attention to detail and a strong interest, listen to this, in systems rather than people. And by systems, uh, Baron Cohn means the way things are organized. Autistic people are very good at spotting patterns. And now, Here it is. Software engineers, they're not autistic, but they lean in that direction because they have higher levels of autistic traits than the average person, and they're very interested in patterns, and they can spot them quickly, right? People who don't have so much testosterone in the womb when they're developing, they're better at empathy, and they're good at spotting emotional states in other people. Okay, see where this is going? Since women get less testosterone, they tend to be in that category, the emotional category, more than men. So women prefer working with people more than men do. And more men prefer working with things than women do, okay? So the reason for a lack of women in tech is that the average woman is not as interested in it is the average man is. Like, don't slaughter me for saying that, because it's not my idea. I got it from Claire Lehman. I just want to tell you what people are saying out in the world, so you know, right? On Jerry, Jerry! The recruiting animal sponsors martin snyder the boss over at pc recruiter everybody should know by now it's the swiss army knife 
of recruiting software. I'll explain that later on. And Nin Tran, N-I-N-H, Tran, the COO of Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool. And finally, Nick Livingston, the CEO of Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview technology. Okay? And my guest, I know he showed up like 30 seconds before the show started, What's your name? Is it CJ or Clark? What's your name? It's Clark. Yeah, I I mean, professionally it's Clark, um, and, you know, Facebook it's CJ. Okay. And did your parents, like, uh, were they thinking of Superman when they gave you that name? Or, you know, what's the story with that, Clark? um, It's a family name. No, I mean, I do know. It's it's a family name. So, I know it wasn't your mother's. It wasn't your mother's middle name because she's French, right? We say say that's very very true. Yes. Um, no, it's my okay. dad's side. A middle name. Okay. You know this guy's got a mother. I love her. Okay. I read I read one of his articles on LinkedIn. They lived when he was growing up near a, a place where they made nuclear bombs. It sounds like to me. And your dad worked in that plant, right? And you were terrified that you were going to get blown up. Am I right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the uh, Hamper Project, and so, um, yeah, the 80s, Ronald Reagan, that was the whole constant nightmare. And you had bad dreams. Okay, I'll finish the story. Let me finish the story. So you had bad dreams about getting blown up, and so when you would wake up, your mom would come in and say, look, you've got nothing to worry about. If there's a war, we're going to get hit first. It'll be over right away. Isn't that what she taught you? Yeah, it's like and 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 go to bed. Like I'm like my eyes wide awake at eight, as an eight year old for you know till three or four in the morning. Like I can't sleep. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so you know one of those. So things. that made you tough. <laughs> that made you tough. <laughs> okay, kid. Jeez. Don't worry about it. It'll be over fast if there's any pain. Before we get going, I want to say hi to my friends Carla Porter, Sister Allison Cruz, and Graham Caulfield. Okay. Now Graham and Carla were nice enough to post about the show. Sister Allison Cruz, she's out running now. She's listening to this on her run. And I, she she just feels warm and fuzzy when we say hi to her. Okay, Clark, do you have a Twitter account? Because if you do, I sure couldn't find it. Yeah, it's, it's all just purely business <clears throat> out there. Yeah. and it just... What's the address? What's the name? Because people want to criticize you when you're on this show, and they can't <laughs> if there's no Twitter name. What's the Twitter name? Gosh, what is it? Is it just I, – I hardly ever use Twitter. I kind of loathe it, period. I think I only have like two, okay. two uh, tweets total. Like maybe it's just CGM recruiting or something. Yeah, okay, so you don't have a Twitter account. Okay, now you're a biotech recruiter, yes or no? Yes. Okay, you recruit – I'm going to read just what you've said. You recruit for companies doing synthetic biology – Gene therapy and gene tech companies, we don't have to know what those are exactly, right? What titles do you recruit? Can you give us three or four? Sure. Um, you know, molecular biologists, business development people all the time, um, operations people, um, and fermentation process development, typically. Okay. Well, the only thing I understood was a business development. So you recruit salespeople for these companies. Is that what you said? Mm, yeah, it's more typically it's more business development, but I have had a couple of companies that actually have more well, of a marketing well, sales department. Uh, 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 isn't business development sales? What is business development? 
Uh, it's usually like long-term collaborations that they're focused on rather than sales. Sales is usually have a, in my mind, a product that can, you know, either go, you know, it's either B, B2B or B2C or B2B and B2C. Um, but, in the, you know, in this frame, when it comes to especially biotech, they're trying to go out there and get mm, like a research collaboration, you know, some kind of money kicked in uh, so they can be funded. And if they're successful, the collaboration, usually a larger partner will either acquire them or help them with regards to yeah, selling the rights to the like product, you know, maybe overseas. Like, oh, that sounds like some kind of partnership deals, not business development, okay? Mm-hmm. If you learn something about this show, you're not recruiting salespeople. That's, that's something different. Right. Well, anyway. Okay, this is also this guy's got another story. It's not just like what his mother oh, did boy. to him when he was, you know, he was eight years old. How he became a recruiter? He was working at Coke as a microbiologist because that's your own background, right? And when 9/11 happened, you said, "What am I living for? I could die tomorrow, and I don't want to do it in this job. I want to be a recruiter." Is that what happened? Yeah, and I gave my notice. I was young, and you know, I was unemployed for seven months looking for a job. It was really not the smartest move, no, 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 but it was no, what no, I wanted to do. No, 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 You jumped ahead. You jumped ahead. You jumped ahead. <laughs> so so you quit. You quit your job without having another job, and it took you seven months to get a job as a recruiter. Am I right? You're right. Okay, well, good. <laughs> good. You are you correct. You can answer when you add something to what I have to say. So you went into recruiting, in-house recruiting, without knowing anything about recruiting really, right? And they trained you at this company. Is that what happened? Well, actually, I went into, into scientific staffing first. I did that for about three years. And then one of my major clients was in a major ramp-up and an acquisition uh, you know, going to be acquired by initially Johnson and Johnson, and they brought me in as part of that ramp up for our site in Temecula. Uh huh. As a rec- internal recruiter. As right? as a contract, and then later on as an internal recruiter. Yes. Okay. Now you said something. You were talking to a chief people manager. I assume that's like a chief HR person, right? And the yeah. person said to. You're too honest for my organization. What does that mean? Sometimes I just quip out exactly what I think. And uh, for her, that was not a comfortable scenario. Okay. It was like, I hate your guts kind of uh, let it go. You know what? Like, what kind of things did you say? Were you like someone with Tourette's syndrome? What, what was going on? Well, I, I remember we were in the middle of this meeting. She's like, I really am trying to find someone who knows bioinformatics, you know, for recruiting. I'm like, well, you know, if you want to bring them in-house, there's very few people who are that well-niched. I mean, I've been doing synthetic biology for, you know, 10 years, and there's a big component with bioinformatics to it. Um, so kind of, you know, you're, not, you're, I tell you, you're, you're never going to find that exact person you're looking for. Um, and how far behind are you? And she's like, well, you know, we're like nine months from this hiring, you know, point, like nine months. Um, and what's the problem? So she's telling me, like, well, you know, either it's the wrong kind of indication people come from or they go to Amazon or another company. I'm like, so is it a cultural issue? So you start asking these questions with people and kind of digging in. You know, either they're very comfortable or they're very uncomfortable, especially at the top when you kind of figure out that, what are you doing here? Has anything been done? I mean, why is it such a struggle? And why aren't you out there with the hiring managers directly saying, like, 
look, our recruiters are doing their best. Here's the reality of the situation. You have a, a very, very low pool of people, um, especially like data science, highly sought after. So, you know, we can hire someone who has the basic fundamentals and train them and get them up to speed in, you know, three to six months, or we can, can keep having this big hole and not well, get let me filled. Ask you a question. Hold on a second. Were you in-house here when you were talking to her, or were you an external recruiter? Oh, I was in-house at, at, at oh, a really? different company. Oh, really? No, no, no. At this, at this company, with this chief people person, you were someplace else, but you were in house with her, right? And so, how did you work with her on a daily basis? If they had no, no, these no. orders, let's like back, back that up. I, I mean, I think you may have misunderstood. I was in house at another company, and I have been referred by one of her recruiters who used to work for me to come in and chat with her. <clears throat> and so, oh, I mean, we spent like about, ninety minutes. About what? Together. What were you chatting so. about? Just having a coffee together, or was it business you were talking about? It was no business, but you know. Sh- okay, let me we, let me get to the point. My point is, you don't want to work with somebody like that. That's the kind of client you want to fire because you're saying, "Come down to reality, dear," and she's saying, "Don't tell me that. I can't stand the truth." Is that what we're having in that situation? Yeah, and I believe she was terminated not too long thereafter. I mean, I don't know why, but I can kind of, you know, venture a guess. I'm going to keep it to myself. But um, it just, it's just like well, I think what, what threw me off the most was the fact that she would rather throw her team underneath the bus than stand up for them saying this is what, well, what the reality is. And kind of like by kicking it, you know, down, downstream – Eventually, it still you know comes to the source. Yeah, yeah, you're going, you're going somewhere. I don't want to go. Listen, don't feel bad. I have to guide you. Okay, I know what I okay. like. Jerry's not here today to cut me off. He's on the road somewhere. He's in Indianapolis looking for business. Okay, now I haven't. You know, I feel like I'm pulling you in a direction you don't want to go in. Is there something burning? Because you, you, you have a message for the recruiting world. You you want to help other recruiters. Before I ask my questions, are there certain things that you want everybody to know that are, you know, always on top of mind for you? Well, I think, you know, in your interaction, especially when you're working with more junior recruiters, um, and especially working with management, is to stress to give the recruiters some time to actually find and use their own voice um, and being able to incorporate the organization they, they represent, whatever it might be, and and use that basically for a you know I think for overall recruiting and pitching successfully. I think sometimes people get cut off a little bit too short. I think 30 days may not be enough for recruiters to come on board and acclimate and understand exactly what's going on. Having to go out there and be super productive. So I think it's like some like 90 day period to kind of ramp up. I've been in okay, situations you're before. Saying that give, you're giving, give, give recruiters more training than they're getting. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're I saying? I think it would be – yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of at the point where I've thought about taking my house in San Francisco, maybe opening up a charm school for wayward recruiters at one point. You know, like maybe I can help these people out. Um, but you what, know, is I'm it, just, what is it you want – what is it you want to correct that they, you know, what are they, why are they uncouth? In what way Where do we are begin? I mean, you know, I, I think we have, hi, I think we have uh, Just uh, let me I, say I, hi to Angela, okay? Angela Bertolucci. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I, I, go ahead. I think, I think we have a, a almost generation of like LinkedIn recruiting zombies. Um, yeah. 
I kind of loathe that, frankly. I think it's a very – I understand LinkedIn is kind of like low – like, 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 like low-hanging fruit. Um, but uh-huh. also LinkedIn has become come, I, what, white noise for most people out there at this point. You know, let me, let me uh-huh. just go in, in a different direction. We used to have a guy called into this show. Nice guy. I haven't talked to him in years. Cliff. I can't remember what his last name was. Cliff. And he uh, set up a network for scientists. He was a, a scientist himself, but he wanted to do recruiting. And so um, he told us that scientists are kind of like freaks. Well, actually, he said they're more like priests. They don't know anything about business. They don't know anything about moving from one job to another. They're really clueless. So so when you said zombie, that made me think more of the people you're dealing with, the candidates, than the recruiters. Are your uh, candidates weird, uh, you know, different from other other recruiters? No, I don't don't feel they are, but then – I've been around them so much and for so long. How would I know the difference at this point? Maybe I'm completely weird uh-huh. because of it. Okay. You know. Elvon, Angela's <clears throat> complaining. You know, like she hasn't been on the show in a few years, but she's complaining on Twitter that she's confused by the conversation. If you're on the line, tell me what you want to hear. If you've got a question yeah. for CJ, ask it, okay? Right. If I'm not doing a good job, help me, okay? Don't just complain. Anybody on the line who wants to ask a question, who thinks I'm doing a terrible job, Anybody? Michael G. Cox? Hey, are you here, Michael G. Cox? I am. Okay, now maybe maybe Clark can help you with your problem. You're hiring people. Which, and every which time of my problems? You, the <laughs> one that every time you hire somebody, it turns out they say, hey, Mike, I have to go on vacation. It's pre-planned as soon as I come in to, you know, to start work. That's uh, just it, a human thing, what, man. Everybody's wanting a bit of a vacation after having been, let's say, rescued from their former not-so-pleasant role. Um, not much that can be done. But is that, that, wait, 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 is, is that really a problem I'm for someone to take a week off in between or two weeks off to catch their breath and really kind of, I guess, you know, do some, like, maybe honeydews around the house and take care of some things they want to get sorted so they come in fresh and ready to work? I, I didn't job? really say it was ever a, a problem, just a funky coincidence since I started in recruiting back in the mid-90s. And it, it, it's a bit of a pain. I wouldn't say it's a problem, but it's, you know, when, you ex- when you have somebody that's just started and then a couple weeks or maybe a month into their tenure when they're in the midst of, you know, training in whatever area they're, they're in, it's it's a bit of a hassle to have to put everything on hold for a few okay. weeks or a month. Bye. So wait, is, 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 isn't that issue more you know and more of like just the, the initial screening when you, you know, are, do, you, do you have any like long-term vacations planned in the next two or three months when you, you're like yes yeah. or not yeah. when they talk about yeah, it? Yeah, don't you yes. ask them? Yeah, I, I can ask them, but eventually they still have to start, and lo and behold, most of those um, – most of those vacations happen after their start date. Now, I can well, I mean, that's fine. You start date, but only so far. Well, I mean, I, that, that's fine if, if the hiring manager knows and has and, and been pre-approved and it's part of the offer letter to say, hey, you know, this is, you know, designated time that we know you're on vacation. You yeah. don't have any PTO or whatever, but we understand. So yeah. you can take that vacation already. It's already pre-approved. 
Yeah, every, okay. everybody understands. That doesn't eliminate the fact that it's still okay. a bit of a pain sometimes. Oh, so, so it's just a pain for you, okay? But it's not something yeah. that you don't know. You don't for know how to manage. For me and hiring so managers and teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but there's nothing you can do about it, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. you can and, do and about it's it. Just you... one of those funky human behaviors that we seem to see more of when we're in recruiting. Have Have okay. you thought about Thank maybe you. just being pre- pre- preemptive about it and say? Hey, I know you're going to be making a change. Maybe you want to take a, a week vacation in between. <laughs> yeah, I've I've tried that, and, and oh. it's it's it is what it is. You can't. So uh, I guess the question, okay, Michael, is what what, what 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 kind of skills do, do do you? Sorry, I'll be quiet. <laughs> Sales. We, 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 let's leave that. You know what? My these people are complaining on Twitter that we're losing them. Okay. How do you do business <laughs> development? Yeah, so. How do you do business de- business development? Because you have to do it now too, right? How do you bring in your new customers? Because you're not in house yeah, anymore, it, right? No, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's interesting. I have never actually, um, well, I've never really had to do BD so far since since basically 2000 and uh, what two when I got my first recruiting job. I've been pretty much self-sustained. Bullshit. Uh-huh. Okay. What's wrong with you? Don't talk like that, okay? <clears throat> People know them and they like them and they refer them. Okay, why not? I, I believe. So it. even when you got a referral, 100%. you're not doing BD. Oh, you know what? You're right. It, you're correct. It, that is, that's part of it. it well, no, you know, I, I mean, they, so they walk over and say, business. "Oh my right. God, he's a god." I would say, well, "Yes, yeah. here's the wreck. Here's the money. Here's the agreement. Let, fill in the blanks." Please. Well, they don't well, say. Well, I, I didn't say about... take my money, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I, the issue too is I work in a very specific niche in yeah. biotech, and <clears throat> so historically, well, I think since like basically 2010 um, or 2011, it's always just been C-level referrals to an, another sure. company, um, and mm-hmm. I've been. Content, but now I'm looking at like maybe I should actually be doing some BD, be a little bit more aggressive. So I might be asking questions about that too. Uh-huh. So I had to the, okay. cat, the coffee hit. Yeah, you know what? I need some coffee. I didn't have coffee this morning, and I I just didn't have time to make it when I realized that uh, that I needed some before the show. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? Let me ask you something. Uh, Jerry said last week that no one ever calls the front desk of a company anymore to speak with a candidate. Do you, do you actually go out uh, and recruit, or do you just sort of uh, advertise and handle resumes that come in, uh, CJ? Yeah, I'm, is, I'm not a uh, post-and-pray kind of person. I actually do the – You're not? No. Okay. I'm not. I'm full on sourcing. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever have to go out uh, hey, and call a Posting is a great way to generate a lot of viable resumes for the future, too, though. <clears throat> True enough, but typically with what I'm looking at, um, it, it's it's going to usually require some kind of high-level sourcing component. I mean, when you get yep. like an email from a chief saying like, "Oh, we want to you know create a you know drug toxin conjugate fusion monoclonal antibody platform," my first thing is like, "I don't even know what that is." So I have to go yeah, and I actually research that. that, and then and then I have to go like go, I go to the the free patents online and look at all the patents, find out who the authors are, then I start going down that way, 
find the academic labs that maybe patents came from. And what I love about it now is there's so much information in those labs online to find alumni and where they're at. And that's where I might use LinkedIn is to find out, like, where are they now, you know, um, at that point. And how do okay. you do that? How do you contact? Yeah, how do you? Well, no, what do you mean? What's your question, Alan? I don't understand. He already told you how he finds them. What's your question? Well, Alan? He did, well, he did, how does he how does he go in and scrape? Does he take the whole thing and then start reading through it? Because I mean, where are they now? If you've got USC, it's going to be tens of thousands. Where you've got, you know, some little college in Wichita that's great on biotech, um, might be fewer. I mean, do you just read a lot, or do you do you, how, how do you go in and or, or do the or do most of the universities have decent search parameters that you search fields that you can work with? <clears throat> you know. Uh, I just honestly just use Google Boolean strings to hunt down, you know, the uh, cool. premier, like the, the the first or second authors on the paper, and usually it tells me which mm -hmm. lab they they came from. Cool. Um, I go from there. Thanks. And I had and so what? Then you go to LinkedIn and you search on that that lab, that company name, and look certain titles on that that company. Is that what you're? Well, I, I often look, look. I often look 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 at the alumni because you, know, you, you you go to these 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 like lab directories now. And often the you know PI principal investigators over there um, have their former postdocs or current postdocs um, or graduates with their picture and their usually their email and where they're at now or where they're not at, and I kind of go from there. On the that's on the company site. It's it's on the university site. Oh, okay. I don't understand, but let's leave it at that. When you get the name of a candidate or someone you want to approach, do you ever call the front desk of the company and say, I want to speak to Joe Blow? Jerry said no one I, does that anymore. Well, they don't. I you mean, do. I, I yeah, do. Yeah, I do. I do. I could, so what do you I could do see the university work. Well, I'm so. My university. Go ahead. Lab. But, Okay. This is what I find, I find that, find that with, with, with like scientists in particular is they're often fascinated that anyone would care enough to call them and ask them what are they doing and what are they working on. So they're pretty actually open to having a conversation. Um, where if I was going to work on like a software or IT job, I'd be like, oh, I don't think those people actually know how to, you know, respond, you know, verbally. It's always like online. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can – Help me out on, on that whole misconception. Yeah, here's, let me get to my question that, that I've been struggling to get out for the last five minutes. When you call the company and you say, I want to speak to John Smith, and the yeah. receptionist, does she, does she say to you, you know, who are you and why are you calling? Yes, more often than not. And what do you say? What do you say? Oh, can you tell me it's his old friend Clark? It's his old friend Clark. That's that yeah. works. Well, more. I mean, is that's that just kind of. I mean, what are what are are, are they going to be? What the gatekeepers for HR on the other side? They don't really care. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are, are. You know, they won't put you through. I mean, but you're all you have to do is say old friend, and the doors open wide. Is that what you're telling me? You can do that. Um, it seems to work work well. Or you can wait till like after five o'clock and just dial into the company and go through the directory, and you, more often than not, you'll probably find them still working at their desk. Okay. 
Okay, I'm going to do an ad because I made up my mind. Uh, you know what? It's almost a half an hour into the show already. I can't believe it. I said I was going to do the ads early. Anyway, let me just do this and I'll come right back. Yeah, hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal here for PC Recruiter. PC Recruiter. You know, Martin Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R. He's the boss over there. And you know what he says? He says, I love things that are user-friendly. And I love things that are intuitive. But listen here. If things are too user-friendly, it could mean that they're missing something. That's why they're so simple, right? And over at PC Recruiter, we don't miss anything. And you know why? Because... The software over a PC recruiter, it's configurable. You buy it, then you adjust it to suit yourself. They don't tell you how to work. They make software that lets you decide that yourself. If you want to make it simple, if you want to make it complicated, that's up to you. You configure it. Their software is configurable, and if you don't know how to do it, they've got a fantastic team of support people there. Everybody loves them because they want to help you. It doesn't matter if you're a solo operator or a member of a big recruiting team. PC Recruiter loves you, and they believe that if you love something, you have to set it free. That's why they make software that you can customize yourself. So go check them out, please, PC Recruiter. Dot net. Okay. Okay. So your primary, uh, back to you, um, Clark, Clark yeah. Kent, uh, your primary uh, mode of contact, uh, first contact, it's the phone. It's not text or email. Am I right about that? Mm, not, not always. It just depends on, on the role that I'm looking for and, and um, where, where I'm at with my pool of people that I already know. I mean, if if I already have plenty of contacts in my network to go to, the email is probably where I'm going to start with first. Mm, okay, but we're but talking if, about... But if it's a brand, you know, if it's a brand new person, I might... Yeah. You know. So <clears throat> I, I think it just depends on, am I calling into an academic institution or, or into a company first to identify, like, the culture, you know, you're going to get into. Like, I have, you know, errantly sent in my career... Uh, one or two emails directly to a person at their company email address. Um, and that tends to make them feel very uncomfortable. So, really? You don't yeah, like to Yeah, you know, I, I, try, I try to, to like, work. Work, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just, like, looking for networking help here. Who may you know? Um, but, you know, of course, we all know we're trying to, like, are you interested, right? Um, that's why I'm okay, not trying to, like, so you don't tell people right away, hey, I'm a headhunter working for, on this search. Is it something that might interest you? You're, you use the indirect approach? Uh, uh, maybe you know someone for me? You, you call looking for a referral? Is that what you're saying, yes or no? Yes. Oh, really? Why not? Why do you have to be like that? Why not just say, hey, I'm recruiting. Oh, what's your what, – do you try to build rapport with them? Do you, do you ask them about, you know – last night's hockey game, or if they watch the State of the Union address first, or do you just say, hi, it's Clark McBride. I'm a headhunter. Here's what I'm calling about. Well, how do, how do you broach that conversation? Well, I mean, you know, again, like, is, is this, you know, um, if it's someone well, it's that's an email referred... we're talking about now. Oh, if oh, it's an, an email. email we're talking... I'm talking about the phone. I'm talking about okay. the phone. Well, then um, often I'll just be like, hi, it's, I mean, my name is Clark McBride. I, you know, I was given your name um, by somebody out there who recommended I give you a quick call, uh, and I have this role that we're working on right now. 
um, and blah, 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 would you be interested in chatting or networking with me to help it get it filled? And that's just like how I started. Okay, but what if you weren't referred, you actually found them through the sourcing method you told us a minute ago. You still say you were referred to me? I've done that many times. Yeah, why? Um, why not? I mean, it, it, I think it makes you feel like, wow, well, someone's you talking about it leaves you well, well, I mean, yeah, I'm, but, but it's sort of like, well, oh, well, you know, for scientists, like, oh, great, someone's noticed my work, and they maybe want to chat about it. Um, I, again, like, I think it might be a different kind of population pool than uh -huh. other talent pools. So maybe they're just more open at that point on the phone. Okay. And is there anything else on the on the email that's different from that? It sounds like what, – what do you say on the email? Not really. You, 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 Okay, you don't you don't do a lot of research to try to find out what cereal they like to eat in the morning and say that's my favorite. That's my favorite too. You don't the do important. that, right? Well, you know, I I, I um actually that that's would be more for an actual on site. Is when I start digging in further and further, and sometimes I mean, is it a typical interview or is it like we're going to be bringing in a data scientist to work on biostatistics for a specific indication? Uh, that comes comes almost like a camp, almost like a marketing campaign where it's like they're coming in on fr on Friday or, th or Thursday, uh, the next three days of, the, of his agenda or her agenda set up um, with all hey, these events. Me. I don't know what you're talking about. Michael G. Cox wanted to say something. What was that? Yeah, Michael B. Oh no, no I was G. just Cox making fun of your your comment about cereal. There was a comment it's on. There was a comment on oh. on Twitter. Richard was mentioning that scientists love to talk because they aren't used to having people care about what they're working on. I know that uh, Richard was looking at going into um, genomics and, and recruiting in that area. So what he uh. would do, I'm, I'm hoping he's okay with me sharing, but what he would do yeah. was uh, cold call into some of these labs and places where scientists work, <laughs> and uh, he'd have conversations with them about the industry and, and their work and what they're doing and what they see on the horizon, and he, ha he would have really long conversations with these individuals off of just one call. So um, I'm sure so this really, cold okay. call I, certainly I, works I, in that. Right, animal. Yeah, I, I thought they – Yeah. Yeah, scientists. When I used to do that, when I used to do energy research for DOE, they love to talk more than we do sometimes because they so seldom get to talk to somebody that's not in, that's not like them, and they love teaching. Really, I would have thought that they would have fit into that semi-autistic category I discussed <laughs> in my intro. No. Holy, that's <laughs> awesome. Here, here's. Here's a really great way that I have found to get them to be really engaging. It would be like, hey, um, we're looking at building up a platform based on X, Y, or Z. I don't know anything about that, but I see that you've been, you're, you're published on that. Can you help me understand what this is all about? And I'll start talking about it and start engaging. And then we really start to kind of get in to kind of the you know, meat, meat and potatoes of it all, I guess. I hate that word. Really? Term. They don't mind but, sharing they don't mind sharing sharing their, their time with you during the business day, is that right? I think they're just they're just surprised someone's called them. They're happy. 
Wow. Okay, let me ask you, before, before, before I forget, it's lonely being a scientist, before I forget, you keep, you're a microbiologist, right? You, that's what you were doing before you became a recruiter, and yet you keep saying, just like I would say, well, I don't know anything about that, <laughs> I, and that scares me, but it doesn't seem to scare you. Is it because you've got the educational background to understand quickly, or, or is it just not relevant to you whether you uh, understand before you start the search? Maybe you, that's not an issue for you. Does does your education and professional background help you now, or is it irrelevant? It it, it helps me to to to, a, to some small degree, in the sense that I can maybe rapidly or quickly understand parallel, I guess you know, I guess host systems that might be applicable to what a client might be, or 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 or, or is trying to accomplish. So, you know, for example, if, if, uh, if I was working at a biofuels company, it was doing E. coli versus Saccharomyces. So, you know, one is like more, you know, anaerobic. E. coli you find in your stomach and is a huge big thing right now, especially with the microbiome thing going on and researching yeah. all of that. Um, whereas, no, well, well, what I'm saying is, wait a sec, let me interrupt. They got what Michael G. Cox was talking about was our friend Richard S. Baird, okay? And I, I don't think Richard was a scientist before he became a recruiter. And and yet no. it sounds like yeah. he's comfortable moving. You don't have to be a scientist. You can go into these high tech areas with no knowledge at all and still do a good job. Is that what you're telling us at this moment, C J Clark McBride? I believe so one hundred percent. Like, I, I think one of the best recruiters I know, she just had a high school diploma, and she was unbelievably um, – her ability to source was – I've never met anyone quite like that. Uh, and to actually build a, build a network. She's very, very but successful. R- Richard does have a, a bachelor's degree in, in microbiology, so he's got something oh, he to base okay. that on. Yeah, didn't you read that, oh, okay. Animal? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I well, did. and he was a microbiologist I, 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 um, for Coke, so I, I want the I want the recipe. No, 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 no. no he, he's he's correcting me. It's, it's Baird, m- not the guest. Molecular biology. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, molecular biology. He made that up a second ago. <laughs> Look, here's. I got to tell you something. This is for new for new recruiters or someone who wants to change their desk, what they're working in, what what CJ just told us. I, it's pretty profound. I mean, he's working in a a highly technical field with scientists, okay? It's not just your gift of gab that makes you able to do this job. And yet he said a high school grad could do a fantastic job sourcing uh, people, and I assume recruiting as well, in this field. That's phenomenal. Don't you think, CJ? It's, it's, that's big news. That's something strategic that's important to know. you agree with me? Mm, no, not really. I mean, I, I look at all the Bill Gates, I mean – um, all, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, they, they didn't finish with a college degree. You know, they opted out. They were at Harvard. I don't want to ever hear that again. Those oh, guys God, were don't. very smart. They were at Harvard <laughs> already. Animal, animal, they may animal. may not have finished. Well, no, you know? if they... Animal, stop yeah. giving so many props to Harvard. <laughs> Harvard Harvard is a you name know, with a big price tag on it, and I would rather no, have not. a fighter. I've read about it. The people there have higher IQs. Than other people, okay? They are well, what about me. That's or, or, or MIT. Actually, I have a question. <clears throat> no, no, I got to do an ad. Then, then we'll go to Alan's question. Hi, everybody. Hey, you know what? I, I keep telling you because I can't get over it. There was once a movement 
to get me kicked off the hire tool team. Somebody was going to go and tell them what a rotten person I am and how useless I am, and they shouldn't let, uh, they shouldn't advertise on this show. And you know what? His thing. I said, you're right. They don't need me because everybody already loves hire tool, and they're talking about it day and night on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere. What do you need the recruiting animal for? But you know what? Nin likes me, so I'm going to do this ad for you. You know what Hire Tool is, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L? It's a super-duper sourcing tool. You go to their website. You put in, in regular, normal English, what you're looking for, and their site writes the search string for you. You can be a dummy like me about that kind of thing, and uh, it doesn't matter. They will do the work for you, and they'll search a whole bunch of sites, LinkedIn, Facebook, GitHub, you name it, okay? And then they return you a list. Uh, the results show you a list of people ranked from top to bottom who match your job description. They take a guess at what this person is earning. They look at all other uh, aspects of their career and, and guess if, you know, who's most ready to leave, I guess, uh, from uh, my guess is by how long they've been in the company, et cetera, et cetera. And then you just have to contact them, okay? That's what it's about. Also, they've got a free app if you want to see it, the, the Chrome extension, where you can – everybody raves about the ability of Hire Tool to find contact information, phone numbers and email addresses and stuff like that. So if you're using Chrome, you can get the extension. I advise you to do a demo with Nintran. It's about half an hour long. You take in your hardest search. He does it for you. And then he says, go away. Think about it. He's not a high-pressure salesman, but you'll come back. Sign up for Hire Tool. H I R E T U A L. Have you ever used Hire Tool, uh, Clark? Clark McBride? Yeah. No, I haven't. Not so far. Okay, you might want to try. But I'm going to okay, check him out Alan now. Floor. Because... Yeah, H I R E T U A L. Alan Floor. Most of the other guests on the show, just so you know, Clark, they use it and they love it. Okay. So, Alan Floor. Back to you. CJ, you I'm just kind of curious. I'm kind of curious. You got the, hold on. You got the floor. You've got the floor. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. easy. You can, get, you can get a shot that will cure that. Um, the, uh, yeah, okay. CJ, um, just your experience from, you know, we hear a lot of comments about hiring managers and the hell of interviewing. Have, in your experience in your niche, do you, is it a longer cycle or do you find it to be a shorter cycle because it's so niche? A lot of people know each other, and it's a pretty – it's like, okay, yeah, you know this, and now let's talk. Can we have – would we like each other and get along? Okay, fine, done. Or is it, does it get stretched out because it's so specific, and they feel the results they're trying to get are so important that they're even more picky? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think it really depends on ultimately the um – the company culture and the executives in charge and how they push push a recruiting. So I've had some some places where, you know, they I'll go and recruit, you know, SVP and they'll take a half hour, fifteen minute conversation with a C level, you know, CEO or whatever and they'll be like, hire them right now, go make them an offer. I'm like, wow, that was a really quite short process. And probably, you know, maybe not very thorough, but that's what they want to do, right? Um, or I've worked with other clients that are like multi stage you know, cheered coming in to me again and again, almost with the same people. And I'm like, well, no wonder you're not going to get this job filled. No wonder it's been open for like nine months. You know, I mean, who well, wants to go through and, this? And one additional follow-on question to that, CJ, is because it's so niche and a lot of people are going to know each other, 
do you do you ever run into the hey I just met Michael G Cox he's a great guy he'd be wonderful for this thing oh, damn he's man his his ex his ex brother in law is the hiring manager <laughs> or, or or something where you know these guys used to work together at Caltech or MIT or here and you know the oh, man, I don't think they you know do you do you ever run into that yeah. because it's so because it's more familial almost. There, there is definitely um, a shorter network, so uh, there's been many times I've had, you know, someone some like, this person came from my old company, I work with them, they know exactly, you know, how to make this happen, go get them, <clears throat> you know. Um, they, already have, they already have the person in, in mind, often when they're already creating the role. And especially, I think, in biotech, it's probably common for, yeah, they have a lot of, you know, it's Friday night. Let's go out, you know, meet some old alumni from, you know, Genencore or whatever and go out for drinks and they start chatting like, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Like, I can go open up a role for you because I'm going to need this anyways. Why not do it now kind yeah. of stuff. And do you ever – how often do okay. you ever – go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, the th- thing I was thinking about is sometimes you'll make an introduction – and then they'll say, oh, look, I know that guy. I, I want to hire him, but I'm not going to pay you because I already know him. That, that's, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, sometimes. Or I have, you know, other, you know, people I'm working for even right now, they're like, give me the person's name, go get them. And I'm like, I've tried six times. They're still not talking. Um, but it's agreed that if, if I can get them on board, they're going to pay me. Uh, but they already had a list generated for me. And give it to me in hand. Then okay, I, I want to move on. Them. I want to be. Uh, I got. I got another question before because we're running out of time. To my surprise. Okay, you train hiring managers how to interview. I read it on your site. That's one of the services yeah. you offer. You offer interview training. I, I take it as a given that hiring managers are dumb. And the more I hear from people outside, they don't want to use that language, but they believe that too. <laughs> hiring managers are dumb. Would you agree? More often than not, they have not been trained, especially in biotech companies that are fairly, you know, small to mid-size that does not have, a, you know, a large HR support function. That's, interviewing is not something that they've ever had to really consider. They're usually like, well, I'll just go where in. Where do they fall short? Where do they fall short? Where do they fall short? Just, uh, hmm. Well, you know, it just depends. I, I have this like it was like 12 or 13 years ago i had this one client i had to fire them that um the science the hiring manager actually asked a female scientist in the middle of an interview she goes like why did you go into science you're a woman after all wouldn't you be working on something a little more soft like economics or and it was just like okay um those are the kind of things scientists may not know not to say or ask okay but don't don't they they know all the technical questions to ask? You don't have to coach them. They, uh, yeah. Those, right? Well, there's, there's that portion, but it's just more like, you know, focusing on on the overall behavioral based, you know, company culture, how to approach it with the company, how to create the interview guides that it kind of encompasses the questions you want to pull out, as well as how to train them how to even do, you know, panel panel interviews, which I think is very very intimidating. For a candidate, a candidate to come in and be like six or seven people staring at them, you know, throwing questions. So how do you make it more of a human personal experience uh, for, for everybody involved? 
how do you do that? Well, my belief is is you keep, you know, panel interviews to a minimum, if at all, um, and don't do more than than, than four people. Um, uh-huh. But that's that's my advice. Doesn't mean I, I get listened to by by a hiring manager. I can only just give them my advice and say, okay. okay before I do, I have to do another some other ads. I have to do some other ads. But uh, a question: how, You said they have to. You know, these guys don't know how to investigate culture. What questions do you suggest for determining culture? I don't know either. <laughs> nobody I speak well, to. Well, I mean, nobody I speak to knows either. It's not just me. Well, I, I, think, I think the issue yeah. is just, well, the issue is you got to look at well, what kind of company culture do they have, or do they want to have within, within the organization? And from there, you know, you have to you have to base those dimensions um, on how you dig in. With, with with questions like you know is it going to be quality you know or is it going to be there's just a lot of variables right and then on top of it you have to also look at at certain levels you have to ask certain different kinds of intensive questions so if it's a scientist meeting with scientists are going to be different questions than you would have say what? for what? a I director mean, they, uh... You know, like what questions? Let me do an ad before you uh, think. But, you know, you, you can't be vague on this show, okay? You know why? If you're vague, if you're vague, okay, you know, uh, that's a, you're on the show for an hour. I'm here. I, I, I take a hit every week. Oh, you know, this is boring. We're not learning anything. Well, uh, what am I going to do, pull teeth? Okay, I asked her a question. I don't want a general answer. I want a specific answer. Okay, think about that for a second. While I do another ad for PC Recruiter. Hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal here. Back again for PC Recruiter. You know, I've heard that you have to say things over and over again. In fact, I said those exact same words last week. That's why I'm saying them now, because I want you to remember them. So I'm going to review, for your memory, some of the main PC recruiter slogans I use every single week. And if you remember them, you can shout them out with me. Number one, big or small, we fit them all. You can be a solo recruiter or a big recruiting team at a giant corporation. doesn't matter because PC recruiter is good for everyone. And you know why? Number two, PC recruiter is configurable. I know Michael G. Cox remembers that one. They let you decide what your recruiting software is going to look like. They don't force their workflow management ideas on you. And you know why? Number three, because PC Recruiter believes in individuality and personal freedom and the American way. And you know why? Number four, PC Recruiter loves you. That's why. So check them out at PCRecruiter.net. PCRecruiter.net. Okay. Just one question about culture. Like, do you like Friday party night? Do you like to go to happy hour? Do you like to be micromanaged? Uh, do you, you know, do, what are these questions? Well, the, those, are, those are almost what I, would, what I would call like, like leading questions. They're like yes or no. I don't get any kind of real value from them. Um, more like, g- give me an example of when the project that you led um, was, was not proceeding as planned what activities did you have to do to get it back on track? Walk me through that process now. And what was the result? And where's the project at this point? And you call that a cult? Why is that a culture question? I don't understand. Well, no, I, cause, I, mean, I, want, want to dig, I want to dig in to see, like, you know, are they resilient? You know, especially in biotech. If you're going to come into biotech, you're going to have to, you know, kind of get used to the roller coaster, 
uh, of, a, of a biotech company in a cycle. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> you believe that you believe that recruiters should recite their mission statements first thing every morning. Is that am I right about that? I think that it helps. Company? It helps me kind of, I think it, I think it helps me remember like okay, what are what are my principles that I'm going to be basing my activities today upon? That's it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, ultimately what am I trying to do and in my activities it does that illustrate it or is it totally off key for what I want to accomplish in my life in the story. Uh-huh. If if you ask somebody, if you're recruiting someone and the first thing they want to know about is money, how much? What do you uh, say? Tell them right away? Um sure. And then I'm like, this person's not someone I probably want in my company. Um because they're not really? motivated by the right, right – well, I don't think they're motivated by the right reasons. I mean, if if they're easily motivated by money to leave wherever they're at to come to work for, for us, wherever I'm at, you know, they're easily going to do the same thing in a year or two and be gone okay. out the door. But at the first when, contact, when, Lou Adler, one thing I always remember from Lou is he says, look, he said even the real career-oriented people – they just think they're supposed to ask about money. So it's the first thing out of their mouths. What a recruiter has to do is sideline them and say, hey, you know, I'll talk about money, but it's not the most important thing. And you teach them the career is the most important thing. Let's talk about that first. Does that sound reasonable to you? Very. I'm, I always say, like, what do you think? What, well, I say, what kind of things are important to you um, outside of money um, in, in, in your next role? Like what kind of uh, – what, what kind of mission or key components of a company are you looking for? Um, what are your top five companies that you would love to work for and why? Um, kind of go through that and figure out, like, what is, what is their motivation? Like, what kind of what, – what do they gravitate to? Are they big, you know, Johnson & Johnson kind of company? Or are they small, very comfortable, you know, biotech? Okay, small, I like that small. when you give them multiple choice. They don't have to think so much, and it gives them a path to follow. What about if they say to you, uh, hey Clark, you know what? I'm happy where I am. What do you do? Um, well, great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, but I really think we should start chatting. And, and I, have, I have many people I've started having conversation with a year or two before they were ready, and I had a role for them. So let's just, you know, let's just chat and get to know each other a little bit. And when I have the right kind of opportunity. I'll know when to when to really ping you. Okay. That might be of interest. So because you work because you work in a niche, uh, you're pretty sure that there will be another reason to speak to them. So that's a sincere uh, statement, and it's a, it's a good opening. Yeah. Okay. I have to do another ad. I have to jam them all together, unfortunately, because uh, I don't know. I thought I thought I was at a 15 minute point. We were at the 30 minute point already. I think because I had a fight with you to get the answers out that I wanted. I'm gonna blame. You, I'm going to blame, blame the guest. Yes. You'll never be on a, you'll never be on a show where you're going to get scolded like you will on this one. Okay, okay, I'll be back in a minute. Hone it, H O N I. You know what it is? It's phone interview technology. Here's how it works: the candidate and the recruiter. It's pretty exciting. I want you to listen, everybody. They dial into the interview just like they would ordinarily, right? They have their regular interview. Here's the thing: it's recorded. So you don't have to worry as the recruiter that, you know, you're not taking notes fast enough or maybe you didn't hear something and you can't get it down. It's going to be there whether you got it or not. 
Number two, that audio recording is automatically transcribed into text. So it's easy to skim. It's easy to search for keywords, right? And then you just pass it on to the people who have to see it, the hiring manager. Or, like the guest just said, CJ said, you know what, those recruiting panels are murder. Okay, not everybody has to show up at the same time because they can listen uh, after to the actual candidate speaking. And here's the thing. Everybody who's uh, interested in this candidate can give the recruiter their key questions in advance. And when the recruiter asks that question, he or she, they press a button at the beginning of the conversation. And when they finish talking about that topic, they press another button. And that conversation is excerpted. It comes as a specific audio excerpt. And the uh, person who's listening, the hiring manager or other people on the recruiting team, they can listen to their key questions. They don't have to listen to everything if they don't want to. So, hey, go check it out at H-O-N-E-I-T.com. Hey, do you think, uh, CJ, that that does provide some uh, respite for the candidate if the recruiter does the interview and records it and can pass it on, so uh, taking into account all of the uh, special questions that different people might have? So, you know, it, you, you might not have to have a panel interview. Do you think that makes sense? I think it's actually a really smart tool. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. That sh- I, I'm, I'm like, wow, that might be a great, efficient way to reduce time for, for people actually coming in to interview if you can just use the, I'm that tool. Plus, on top of it, as I'm aging, I'm like, I'm not sure my memory is perfect anymore. Um, so for me, I like to be able to document as much as possible you know, as we can hey, if you if you go ahead, who's that? Somebody want to say something? Hey, uh, it's Nick Lindsay you know with Honed Animal. Thanks for the. Uh... Oh, hi, Nick. Yeah, well, you got it there. You hey, didn't I know you're here, and he said he likes your product. Go ahead, go ahead, Nick. Well, you want hey, to do another I, plug? I, go ahead, CJ. Well, no, CJ. I just was going to ask. I mean, you know, we talk a lot to tech recruiters, but I would think, you know, scientific recruiters, you're probably wanting to ask quite technical questions of some of these candidates. And I think one of the disconnects with tech recruiting is that, you know, non-tech recruiters, now you can ask the technical questions and share those highlights with this, you know, the scientists or hiring managers that would know those answers, right? And I was just curious if that might be something that, that would be helpful with, with scientific recruiting, right? Where you, you're talking about very specific things that are probably related. Oh, I think it okay, would be very, very helpful. Answer. I, forgot to put, I forgot to put that in. Yeah, if you are a non-tech recruiter and you're interviewing a highly technical candidate, so you don't really understand what he or she is telling you, but you can record it, okay? Is, is that useful to the hiring manager? Oh, I think so. Okay. I, I think any kind of data so, you can give them to, to help. I, I mean, more often than not, especially when you work in, in a niche, um, you have to find reasons that this person can actually do the job maybe more than a larger pool of candidates. So more often than not, it's like, oh, well, I was talking to this person, and then they were chatting about this side project they were working on, and it's, a, it's pretty close to what we're doing over here, um, and that's why I'm, I'm talking to you right now about this person because they can actually do what, what we need to be done um, to scale things up. You know, if it's fermentation yeah, or I what it might I be. I didn't understand that answer. I okay. didn't understand so, that the answer, answer is, I'm glad yes. Yeah, okay. I'm glad Nick called in because I knew I forgot something, and I usually say that, okay, but he 
saved me. Nick, anything else? Do you have anything else? Any other sales info, <laughs> sales info that I forgot? Well, I'm going to charge no, you no, for I all the same. Don't think I'm I not. Didn't mean to in. I just... don't... No, don't think I'm not charging because you had to help me, okay? <laughs> okay, back to the guest. Chris. Chris, any Thanks last words? Thanks, CJ. Hey, any last day? Thank you, Nick. Uh, call in every week. I'm happy to have you, but call, just call in earlier. I'll let you do the ad. Hey, hey, and you still have to pay me. Don't think you won't. Paul Lippman, are you here? Paul Lippman, going, going, gone. Oh, he didn't like my. Uh, I think he said he was leaving. He he didn't like. He didn't call in to help me. He just said on Twitter that he didn't like what I was doing. Last words, Chris. Anything you would like to say? Oh, Chris or Clark? Chris. Clark. Oh, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> they both start with C. Look, I got to tell you, you were you said you're old. You were growing up in the 80s. You're not that old. I have more of a reason to forget your name than you do. Okay. You ha- okay. Do you have anything you want to say like keep your spirits up, gang? I mean, I read a lot of your LinkedIn articles and they're you know, I, I'm sorry we didn't have time I'm, to get into them. Right, and I'm I'm so glad I, I I actually deleted all the controversial ones before you got there, because um, that would have been interesting. Well, you know what? Uh, I could have had a big argument with you about like karma. what? Okay, hey everybody. Oh, I know something like, you know, like um, um, like like listen, like reading and listening to like Liz Ryan's you know suggestions on your job oh. hunt is going to destroy your job hunt. <laughs> Things like you know, yeah. I'm going to go through the whole, you know. We don't like her, okay? I'll just say, I'll say that nobody in my group likes her. Okay, CJ, not Chris, Clark McBride. Clark.